With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TPV Radio, Central Texas. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. What's good, radio family? The Thomas Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with on Sundays, the Summer's Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, followed by Satellite with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Mondays, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesdays, Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Friday's Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Fest with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. and Lota Bar Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas Voice presents by appointment only. Coming soon, TPV Radio's open mic open to all pastors, preachers, and artists, and we're going to get it in to be announced. You can also catch us on Live 365, 24-7. Just search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Walk with us, family. Let's go. At Javina Distributing, we got your covering for your winter and summer needs. One size fits all. To order yours today, please message them on Facebook at Javina Distributing or call 616-929-2991 or 517-489-6923. Or you can order from the website, www.allsportsheadgear.com and type in promo code SIRON2020 to receive 20% off your purchase. Let's get it. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients to give you healthier skin, 
body and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the... You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to Real Talk with Pastor Sago right now on TPV Radio. Everybody that's involved uh, 
um, hey, I really, really, really uh, appreciate you. So here we are again. We are episode uh, part two, not episode two, part two of we're talking about uh, men of uh, domestic uh, violence, men of domestic violence. And, again, this is a this is a, a, a issue, but this is not an issue that many people want to talk about. And if you saw uh, part one of this issue, I talked about some some uh, some statistics and some numbers um, that that will help us understand why uh, domestic mean of domestic violence is an issue uh, because it is an issue. It's an issue, but it's an issue that's not addressed as much as it should be. And it should be addressed uh, more than what it is. Now, let's go back. The excuse many people say of why the issue is not addressed as much as it should be is because, one, according to statistics, uh, they, they say that men are, uh, are not as prone to report uh, domestic violence. And I got that. I understand that. And why don't they report it? They won't report it because people won't believe them. A, people won't believe them, and B, they don't know where to go to report the issue. They have no idea where to go to report the issue. So there's, 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 there's three things. There's A, B, and C that's stacked up on top of that, all right? A, they're a victim. B, they don't know where to go to report it, and C, they don't report it. So all of that goes back to them being a victim. C, they don't know where to go. B, they, they, they won't report it. And A, they are a victim. They are a victim. And, and before this slips my mind, I want y'all to know that here coming up in October, we are in the planning phases of we're going to have a, a, a community forum that's going to be set up right here on uh, the TPV Radio Network's um, a Zoom forum, and we're going to have a community uh, uh, men of domestic violence uh, conference. We're going to talk about this thing, and and if anybody that wants to be involved or come on to be a part of that conference, you're going to see our flyers and our information as we talk about this, but this is coming up real, real soon, and I think that this is something that the community needs to see and the community needs to talk about and the community needs to address. And, I, 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 and again, like I told you before, this issue is not – we're not making this issue out of a, out of a, a, a man or uh, a woman issue, but what it is is that it's an issue that has, uh, that, that, that has fallen to the wayside. It's an issue that has been pushed under the rug. It's an issue that, that, that is not addressed like it should be. It is not addressed, all right? And um, you see all types of, um, of uh, organizations. You see all types of, of, um, of assistance. You see all types of discussions, and they, uh, they, they always discuss uh, the subject of, of, of women of domestic violence. They, 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 they discuss that subject because it's a subject that uh, people recognize with. When you hear domestic violence, the first thing that comes to a person's mind, the first thing that comes to a person's mind is a, a, a woman being a victim. And that person that's, that's, that's doing that domestic violence is a, a, a man, 
That's the first thing we hear when we hear a woman was involved in domestic violence or a person was 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 involved in a domestic issue. The first thing comes to our mind because that's what we're used to hearing. We're used to hearing that a man is being assaulted by a woman or, I'm sorry, a woman is being assaulted by a man. That's the first thing that comes to our mind, and we got to get out there. We have to look at the bigger picture. Now, are there a lot of victims that are women? Yes, there are. There are a number of women who are victims, a great number of them, a great number of them. But just like that great number of women that are victims, there are there, there is a great number uh, of men that are victims that victims as well. There's a great number of men that are victims, all right? But the numbers don't show that. And just because the numbers don't show that, people don't talk about that. And the reason people don't talk about that is because they think it's not a problem. They believe it's not a problem. And again, like I said in part one, People always say, oh, yeah, absolutely, we know it's a problem. Yes, absolutely, we, we, we understand it's a problem. And people got that, but do, really people, do people really understand that it is a problem? Do, really people, do, do people really get it in their head that it is more of a problem than we think it is? It is more of a problem than we think it is. All right. Now I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna talk about some of some of some of the, the 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 numbers that. And again, these numbers aren't my numbers. These are numbers from research. All right. And uh, my goal was to uh, have a a subject matter expert that was gonna come on and was gonna talk uh, on uh, tonight. But there's some things that came up, and she was unable uh, to come on and be with us on uh, tonight. So it's me continuing. To, to, to talk about these things, okay? Hello, so, Pastor. Um, this is Sandra. I'm sorry that I'm late, but I am here, so oh. I have arrived. Oh, well, well, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Sandra Grace is on the line uh, of Lodabar Nation, of Lodabar Nation, Sandra Grace. Um, I'm so happy to have you. I'm so I'm so excited to have you on, and I appreciate you coming on. And I know you're 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 really really busy. I was just telling all the listeners that you know you have some things that you have to take care of, so you probably wouldn't be able to uh, to be with us on tonight. Well, I made concessions because this is a great subject. So thank you uh, for having me. Thank, thank you so much. So so since you are on, since you are on, hey, tell the listeners about who you are, and what you do. Well, my name is Sandra Grace Martinez. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Texas and have worked in several nonprofits, and I have worked at a woman's shelter before. So I have not only experience in working with women, I also have experience working with domestic violence victims, which can be male, female, it can be children, it could be, um, you know, an independent, the CDC, believe it or not, the, the Center for Disease Control actually plays an integral part in keeping statistics on this particular issue that plagues our nation. Now, they 
actually have a very interesting way of um, titling domestic violence, and they title it as intimate partner violence or IPV. So that has become not yet, it hasn't really caught on. It's, it's, they changed it probably around um, five years ago. I used to live in Bell County and um, started a task force, actually, in Bell County so to us to address the needs of the community. So I recall doing my best to understand it from a scholarly perspective and utilize what I knew in terms of intervention, and it was successful. And um, there were um, many situations, uh, household domestic violence, where uh, police couldn't figure out who the perpetrator was, and so sometimes they just took both of them in, uh, male, female, um, and, and et cetera. So that experience has uh, given me the confidence to speak on this particular issue. Great, great. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that point up to Miss uh, um, Sandra Grace when you said that you know domestic violence is not just limited to a a, a husband or a wife or male or female it also uh, is is it, it goes down to the children as well or the extended family even there's extended family that's living in one home um, it goes it trickles down to that um, to that extended family as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm really, really glad that you uh, that you that you brought that up as uh, a bigger definition of what domestic violence is as a whole. That was, that was really good. So, so now you know the subject we're talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> so let me ask you this first question. So, uh, why? Is this issue? Why, why? Why is this issue? Because it is an issue. We're talking about men of domestic violence. Why does this issue uh, seem like it's not an issue? But we know it's an issue. But why does it seem like it's not an issue? There's several reasons why it doesn't become the issue that we have been programmed to consider as a victim of domestic violence, it automatically we are programmed to think of a, the, the party has to be a female or it's a gender-based victim. It, the, the victimization is going to have a gender and right away our brains are programmed to see it as female. And as you said, there are several that are female, but not limited to. So in, in other studies, we have partnerships uh, where with same-sex marriages, where we have a, uh, a cluster of domestic violence within the 
female uh, community partners or partners uh, that, that live out in our community, and they're females. So we do have that. You know, we have that reality. And we it's in small numbers only because they are hesitant to call the police. Um, and as men as well that are in partnerships, they're also hesitant to call the police. So there is an underreporting of domestic violence among the LGBTQ community uh, for reasons that, you know, of course, that may make their gender identity or their orientation known to the rest of the community by default. And that's something that they do not want to risk. So they're underreported, um, and so that, that the numbers are skewed when we look at those. Um, but in the in that context, I just wanted to put things in, in in perspective that in LGBTQ communities you have a a high prevalence of uh, domestic violence, and it's underreported. So when we think about your traditional family and tradition, I say in quotes, uh, because there's families that are blended, uh, you know, that step parents are involved. Um, now with COVID and our economic situation or crises, we find more people living uh, under one roof. Um, so more families are living under one roof because it's less expensive, and they're just trying to survive. So uh, the, the, you know, the, it's a, there's really not one simple response other than the, the default of we hear in the media, we are programmed, to think of a victim as a woman because they're considered more vulnerable, um, because they're considered, uh, you know, more at risk. Um, so it's just, again, programming uh, that has our brains default, you know, and um, that's it, not necessarily the case in many of these domestic violence issues. Now, is there, do you think there's a way to, and I know this is a broad question when I say this, do you think there's a way to, 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 to deprogram that out of people's, out of people's heads? Or is that just something that just is ingrained in our heads as, as, as people in general? Well, I think now is better the best time in our in our society, we are changing. Um, I see it as pre-COVID and post-COVID eras. Right now, we're in the middle of it, but I I'm I'm secure in saying that post-COVID will have a lot more insight into human behavior and. The way it begins is educating on violence and that it's not just one group of individuals. It's not just one uh, uh, race. It's not just one, 
economic uh, status uh, host of uh, people. It's not anyone that's affiliated to a political party. It is, it, violence does not discriminate. So because we all are human, we're programmed a certain way. And so the, the reprogramming begins now with education. It begins now with being aware as to why men typically do not file assault charges against someone. And it's different uh, justifications. It's not an excuse. They have justifications not to do so. It can be anywhere. I mean, it can range from a, the spectrum of ego and pride and, and not being the laughing stock of whatever, you know, um, they may believe that, uh, that, that, you know, men aren't, men don't cry, men should, you know, not, need not go down that road. Uh, so I, I think it, it starts with educating now about violence in general and that violence is not an option regardless of gender. That's good. So awareness, kind of like what we're doing now, and um, I do have something planned uh, here I'm planning in a couple of months um, uh, for a forum, of um, kind of like a community forum that talks about uh, domestic violence and not and so the people can be aware that this violence and this domestic violence is not it, it's a not a it's not a man or a woman thing. Uh so I'm in the preparation of, of getting that that uh that Zoom conference together and uh you and I will talk offline about that um uh about uh that actual conference. But I think, like you said, a, a really, really important thing you said is awareness and education. Because, um, and I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chandra Grace, I think that more men will, may or may not, uh, feel the, the need to talk about it more uh, once they understand that it's not right and you don't have to worry about your, your your pride. You can push your pride to the side or you can push your ego to the side and get the help that you need. Right. I think you touch upon uh, now what is a mental health care crisis, and I will give you some very good examples um, that that I have that I've actually encountered in my day um, that can give the audience a glimpse of how these things are, are it's, a, it's a subtle way of, it is, it is violence, uh, and it is a subtle uh, part of the c- control wheel. So there's a wheel out there, and it's called the control wheel, um, and it's usually given to women uh, regarding how does you know how do men um, control women? But I think late as of late, it's no longer just 
for women. It just says intimate partner violence, and it just divides it into victim and victimizer. So um, as far as taking it to perpetrator. So the way that I have seen in practice a man being abused is not the type of abuse of black and blue and and that I that was it happened but not as much as these other ways I saw a very systematic way of controlling a man and it was more it was a it was it was it was very covert um, by the the woman so not all women are unstable but there are some women that were brought up and have been in in a traumatic household uh, or they harbor some ill will they haven't forgiven themselves they haven't asked for forgiveness and that becomes their poison so they live with this poison and they move towards wanting a relationship as we all need someone in life not necessarily to survive but we're just creatures and that that want and the bible says it's okay you know we we want a family and things and so on and so forth so if a woman has not worked through their trauma they will project some of that to the individual that they are with and it could it could be very subtle at first and then it can become very overt and then it could end in tragedy in some cases mm-hmm. so it, from a mental health perspective, you have uh, an individual in this in this setting. We're talking about women. Women is a perpetrator of abuse. Does not necessarily, like I said, begin with the physical abuse. It begins just like a male would, and that is controlling something. So it could be controlling the finances in the family, saying things like, I'm better at this than you are. And I'm not saying that that may not be the That could be the case. Maybe they are better with finances. Okay, I get that. But when they're starting to give a certain amount, you know, they want the whole check and they're going to do with, you know, so there becomes this subtle, I'm going to control the money. So there's a financial control and then it becomes a subtle hints of um, hurt, uh, hurtful words, verbiage such as no one else would love you the way that I would. Um, No one would put up with you. Um, If you leave me, I'm going to take the children. Um, if you know, um, it'll it'll be things like even uh, as passive as like, oh, you're just such a stupid, you know, you're so stupid, you're stupid, you know, things like that that you know people might think, oh, 
they're just kidding. There's a little bit of boundary, like they just push that boundary, you know, um, rather than saying, hey, I don't like when you call me that. That's something that we need to stop. It just becomes part of their dialogue. And so that just, the, the boundaries are pushed. And so it goes both ways. But a female can push him to the brink of, you know, of, of terrorizing a man, especially if that man can lose a lot. And I'm going to give you some very, very real examples, and they're frightening, but they're real. So best to talk about something I've seen than to come up with something I you know, haven't seen. So I'll give you a very good example. Example number one would be a man coming out of prison who is on parole. They go and end up living with their perhaps partner, uh, wife, girlfriend that takes them in because they need a place to stay and it's part of their parole. So they have to be there and, you know, there is, if, if that individual that they're living with is not worked through their trauma and is unstable, behold the wrath. Because at any given moment, that individual can call the parole officer. I had, when I was a parole officer, many times I would get calls from girlfriends saying, oh, you know, uh, he's in violation of his probation. He left last night and he was out all night and I don't know where he's at. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, how would you do that? <laughs> you know, um, he's working, he's providing, you know, and then yeah. I would have to call that person in and it was he said, she said, and then they would come in like, no, I'm going to do an affidavit. I'm going to sign an affidavit and then I had to act on that. And so there was this another level of power of their freedom, mm. of their freedom freedom and that is I I cannot underscore and hopefully in the this uh, forum that you're going to have to discuss the the risk factor with shacking up or getting together with the wrong person while you're on parole <laughs> because they right. may take advantage of that you know because yeah. that is a form of ultimate control when they have your freedom in their hands. So I would have women come to my office and sign these bogus affidavits about how they were treated and how they think they were selling drugs. And and I, I had to do what I had to do in order to keep this offender parolee off the street because now I had an affidavit to contend with. So I have that. That's, those are true stories, and that's a big risk. Um, and so the second thing I've noticed, uh, and this is I'm going to go from one spectrum of population to another spectrum. So the spectrum of the military man or woman. Oh, yeah. So right. military men have a lot to lose, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So I have had people in my office, uh, when I worked in Belton, Texas, I had an office, uh, a nice little office out in Belton, and I would have people from Fort Hood that were high-ranking colonels, 
not many colonels out there, but there were. And lieutenant colonels or battalion commanders would come to me off the record, off TRICARE, off of um, Military One source, because believe it or not, if there is any domestic violence in the home, as a provider, you have to disclose it to TRICARE or Military One source. So I always preface it with what you say here, legally in Texas, stays here. But you're using your insurance and I have a contract with them and they need to know. It is something that I've agreed to as a provider. So most of them came in off the record, off, not off the record, but not using their insurance. And the stories would range in a variety of ways. However, some of them would be where the wives uh, would, um, they had their soldier leave um, and go to Afghanistan or wherever they needed to go overseas. And then, again, these are true stories. And uh, the soldier would come back and the wife um, we would um, have a, a lover or other things going on that uh, totally against the relationship and there was friction um, and so there would be a lot of arguing and and so the the weapon that the woman would use would would be like clockwork, it was like pre-programmed or, or something, you know, um, if you leave me or if you, you know, don't keep providing this check that the military gives us and leave me, I will tell your commander that you slap me. Um, I will tell them that you hit me and manhandled me. Um, and that's enough to scare the wits out of a soldier, and yeah. so again, that uh, now a woman that is not um, a woman that is stable, a woman that has worked through trauma. Um, there's no perfect, perfect woman, but someone that is is a you know a Christ-centered woman has morals and values is not going to say something is is um, you know as inflammatory as that but those that do usually have issues that they haven't worked through and the way they can control their surroundings is by threatening because that is the way they've learned to control their world and so it does affect and you know it, it it's at that point we're not you know we, we can't say well let me pick up the phone and call the police and say this woman's blackmailing me. It's your word against her. So you have to take a step back and think, what am I willing to lose? Because I could lose my entire livelihood right. if I don't do what this person does. Right. Absolutely, because I was telling a lot of listeners um, – um, uh, last the last show that we did, well, part one of this. Um, um, as I, re- I retired from the military two years ago, but I was a military police my whole entire 24 years. So 
those type of things that you just talked about, uh, especially when you talked about the officers, um, as a military police, we responded to a lot of those things. And, and I've, I've responded to a number of domestic violence calls, um, but um, you would never realize when, when, when we get there um, and we're there to begin a report when there are soldiers, male soldiers, who were uh, who were uh, who were attacked by their by, by their by their spouse, their their wife, you really wouldn't believe how many male soldiers would say, "Well, no, I don't want to do a report," or uh, "No, I don't want any information taken down." Because now, at this point, when this happens, uh, when we take a report. All of this, the, uh, the, the the what we call the, the blotter report, goes to the, the the higher level of commander. So right, it is. Almost, it is. Almost, it will be. That's on base, yeah. and that's you're talking on base, and that yeah. they have to go through the family center. The family is it the family counseling center, or they 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 got to go through that. They have um, to. I mean, mandatory. Yeah, they, have they have to go right. um, to that one center because I remember we would work with them in the community they would come and we'd worked in tandem with them uh they had if there was any i mean it didn't matter if you were pushed on the bed boom you had to go and uh you and your family had to go and fill out a hundred pages worth of all kinds of stuff uh screeners of ptsd of depression of uh, alcohol substance abuse is a nightmare and then now you're in the system now you're right. in the system, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah. God forbid, you know that that you are living on the outside of the gates of Fort Hood, and something happens. Um, they'll call. I mean, I've seen where people are called in and their weapons are taken from them, um, you know, based on an allegation, and you know, I I just um, I've seen it. I've lived it. I know it. <laughs> so it, yeah. it does. It's, it's, they will not want to press charges. It goes both ways. But yeah. we do have a, we cannot minimize that female uh, inclination of some females that have been through trauma and don't and want, and want to be in control to weaponize uh, the, the what they know about what can happen to their soldiers. They will cut themselves at the knees to get back at their loved one and, and not care any one bit um, other than, ha, I got you. you know? But then later on they're like, oh, wait a minute, now we don't have income or now I can't even ask for child support because you have no job, you know? And so, you know, it, it is extensive. It's twisted. It really is. It's a, it's twisted. And it's again, a form of control. Like I said, from parolees all the way to, you know, colonels or Lieutenant colonels out in Fort Hood that I worked with that were like, I don't know what to do with this woman. She's crazy. She's absolutely out of her mind, and I don't know what to do. She yells at me. She throws her phone at me, but I cannot do anything about it because if I do, I am going to lose rank. 
I'm going to be flagged. And God only knows if, if by the time police get there, it'll all turn on me. And it has. I've seen cases where it yep. turned on the victim. The soldier. Uh, right. Yes, the soldier. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, I am not going to minimize that reality. There is power in knowledge of how the woman can affect the career of that serviceman. Right. Well, let me let me ask you this. It's a it's kind of like a it's a two part question. So, why is it that there isn't enough awareness of this fact? And again, um, and like like you said, you said really really great. Um, Violence across the board is wrong, and, and and that's one of the things I made sure that everybody understands that violence doesn't matter if it's if it's man against woman, woman against man, man against children, whatever. We're talking about violence against anyone is totally totally unacceptable. But my 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 two my two part question is is why is it there there is not enough there there isn't enough awareness to the fact of men are victims of domestic violence too and does the the lack of awareness um, is that where is that why men don't know where to go because you, can, because you can look and see around any corner you can find where women can go women of domestic violence have places to go uh, and I'm sure there are places where men can go, but they're not as they're they're, they're not as well known as, as women. So, do you think the lack of awareness um, is why um, uh, people don't know this and why men don't know where to go? And I'm not talking about military. I'm just we were talking about just say in general. Um, is that is, is the lack of awareness the reason why this is not well known and men don't know where to go when they are victims? Well, of course, uh, generally they'll end up going to a family member or a friend's place uh, where get kind of interesting for, because I work for a shelter and we once had a man come in with children. Uh, he came in, he was, uh, it was bizarre because, you know, he was a man and it was a woman's shelter but, you know, the, the county had called and asked us to please house and, and give them the same opportunity as we did others. And, and we did. We did. Um, and that's because he did call the police. He was black and blue. Um, she did pull out, you know, a, a weapon. And, uh, you know, she uh, couldn't be found so he decided, because of his kiddos uh, and not knowing many people in the area, decided uh, to come to the shelter, and they did let him in. So now, even though it's a woman's shelter, I would always call, I mean, that, that is not necessarily just for women. Someone could call, a man can call the shelter and ask if they have a place for them, you'd be amazed. We have had, uh, they're not, uh, even though it'll say a women's shelter, the men can call as well. So okay. it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they should, they should not consider that. You never know. Um, we've had 
young, very young uh, marrieds, like they're married, they're 17-year-olds, and we had a 17-year-old young teenager, a, a young man, stay with us at the women's shelter as well. So um, it's, even though it's, like I said, a women's shelter, and there's other places here in San Antonio where I live now, uh, there are places where it's men and it's women, but it's more of a homeless shelter, but people do at times come in because of domestic violence issues, no doubt. Now, okay. now the, the awareness part, I, as an educator as well, like to, you know, I have to think about where we learn about right and wrong, about what's acceptable and unacceptable, and that begins at a very early age. And so violence is not ever an option. And in our school system where our kids spend a majority of their life, you know, between kindergarten or even maybe pre-K, all the way, you know, God willing, till you know they graduate. Yeah. They in the formative years when they're young and right around nine and twelve and thirteen years of age, is a great time to instill that it's not okay for women, you know, to hurt men. It, it, and those are things we don't teach at school. We teach a lot about bullying, so we are making some headway. Uh, you know, we are making headway when it comes to bullying. But there's nothing, there's not a, there's a, the, the word bullying itself means that you're verbally instigating, you're verbally aggressive, you know, and towards someone else. Well, that bullying can go into adulthood. Now, why some men take it and not do much about it could be also that they were raised with an authoritative type of mother. They tend to, or a caregiver that was abusive verbally, perhaps even physically, God only knows, maybe even sexually, but there was a level of abuse, verbal abuse, and not only that, not many people discuss this one thing, because this is the one thing that keeps people in really dysfunctional relationships, and we'll hear it first here in your podcast, and that is emotional neglect. They didn't get what they needed. And so they're seeking it, and they believe that what they do get is what they deserve. Uh, and right. so they have to go through their process of healing, their experience as a child. So emotional neglect is different than emotional abuse. Because abusing someone emotionally would be saying things like, you're worthless, you're... You know, you're never going to amount to anything. Uh, no one, you're ugly. You know, telling kids these yeah, yeah. things, and where neglect is, you just don't—they're not worth their your the time. They're they're just not your. Their parents are so self-absorbed that 
they're on, they're on their own. So, you know, kids end up doing some really interesting things when they have uh, no sense of, of uh, love and attention and time by their caregivers. So they go into, they'll launch into adulthood believing that they're not worthy, you know, of good things and not worthy of, a, you know, um, accolades and, you know, you can see that sometimes you can tell a guy, oh, you know, you're, you're really handsome, you're really smart, and they're like, oh, I'm not, no, that you're, you know, I mean, yeah. they'll rather than saying thank you, you know, that's kind of a litmus test of how they may have been treated as kids. So yeah. interesting, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, I, I think that you know, since this is the Christian um, podcast, I have to say that it is evil to to know that you are hurting someone verbally. And so it is, it is knowing better, but doing worse. So, and I just wanted to bring that. That's my definition of evil, knowing better, but doing worse. And then emotional neglect puts a man at risk. Women as well, but men primarily for verbal uh, abuse and, you know, other types of abuse. And uh, so, you know, that that is where I would start. I would start with our, our young kiddos and talking to them not only about bullying, but, you know, um, it's not okay for a young lady, you know, in the, in the monkey bars to hit a young man that, may have <clears throat> autism or something with a, with a, you know, and laugh. I mean, it's not okay. Right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it just, yeah. it starts at a very young age. And I'm glad that we've kind of broke the glass with the word bullying. That's, you know, now a pretty big deal in the schools. Yeah. So I'm hoping right. that our generation, our, our new generation of kiddos will have a more, uh, be more self-aware of when they're being bullied by an adult, especially someone who says that they love and that loves them. Right. right. That's my hope. And, and, and it's, a, it's a couple of great things you said, too, um, uh, Sandra Grace. And I know we're, we're, we're almost out of time, but uh, there, there, there was a couple of things that you said that, that were really great when you said that, um, that um, it's, it's, it's evil, especially when, um, especially when a person knows that they're doing wrong to a person or they're doing wrong in general and you don't want to fix yourself. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's evil. And, and um, uh, they, 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 they may not have a relationship with God. They may not know God. And it may not be anybody to tell them that, hey, you're, you're, you're wrong. But when people do that and continue to hurt over and over, hurt people over and over and over again, and they know it's wrong. Um, uh, you know, God is not pleased with that. We know God is gonna is 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 the one that's that's gonna that's gonna uh, fix that in the end. And another thing you said was was about um, starting at a young age, and you're absolutely right. I know uh, coming up um, when when I grew up, you know, I was always told, I was always told that you don't hit girls. You know, that you or 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 you don't you don't you don't hit anybody. You know, unless you're protecting yourself. If someone right. is 
is doing something to you and you have to protect yourself, then that's different. But as far as uh, insinuating uh, the hitting of, of of anybody, especially a girl, I was always taught growing up that that's not that, that's not that's not right, and you don't do it. And I would get in trouble if I if 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 my parents were told that I did do it. So, you know, um, especially especially if it was a if it was a girl. You know, yes. um, it's in, it's so, inappropriate. So it's, mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's it, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate, and, and it's wrong. And you said you said absolutely that awareness has to start at a young age. And and once we get to a certain age, it's hard to kind of change us of of of, of a lot of our ways of thinking because we're so set in 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 our in our minds that um, in our ways of thinking. So it's it's difficult to change that. But um, as a child, you know, it is difficult. I do agree. But if we set the intention of doing something different, the ripple effect, especially if you are in a capacity that people listen to you and respect you because you've shown respect and compassion, then you become that teacher and you'd be surprised how many people want to emulate who you are and what you believe in. So we just need better leaders. We need better, uh, we do need those that are willing to go out there and and spread the word. And um, and that's exactly what you're doing. So I, I commend you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Sandra, guess me, this was a great conversation. I wish we could, I wish we had more time, but we don't. But definitely, definitely. Um, um, I want to. I'm going to put this out in the air, so I still want you to think about it. But here, here, here's my official invite to you. Um, if and I know you're very, very busy and only being available. Uh, once we set this 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 forum up, um, I would like you to come on as being one of uh, one one of the speakers. This is going to be a one day, maybe an hour and a half, two hour conference. We're going to open it up to the community, and I would like for you to come on with your expertise, just to be able to enlighten and educate. Uh, the people who might come on to the forum, um, you know, about domestic violence as a whole and uh, kind of talk about men of domestic violence and how it is it is prevalent. So that's just yeah, my Absolutely. It'll advice. be a privilege. Okay. And we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get you the information once all the planning. We're in uh, myself and um, Pastor Newton, we're in the planning phase right now uh, because it's going to be on their Zoom form. So uh, once all that's said, we will definitely get you all the information and uh, make sure that that date is good with you. Uh, it will be on a Saturday, but we'll 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 get all the information to you. So, but hey, Sandra Grace, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, I appreciate you. You have educated uh, me, and hopefully, you educated all the uh, the the listeners. And again, hey. I appreciate you. God bless, and we will be in touch. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is my friend uh, Sandra Grace of Loader Bar Nation. I will tell you, check out her show. When you, when you hear her show, you will definitely be educated. She will drop some deepness on you that you have never heard before. She will drop some signs on you that you never heard before. She's a wonderful woman of God. She's an educated woman of God. She is proud of herself, and she will teach you if you listen. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate everybody that's turning on and, and, and listening later or listening now or whatever the case might be because you already know. Hey, this is your brother, your cousin, your nephew, 
Pastor Byron Sago of Real Talk. And hey, anytime you want to talk, we'll talk. Nice to meet you. Go, I rap a kingdom come. You just a demon, son. You'll never outshine the sun. Lord, let your will be done. I'm so gangster with this TPV Radio, Central Texas. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.